Hey, this is Shannon from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron. Located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky, 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettleball classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606-310-4918. Hello everyone, you're listening to Slapdash, the podcast about history, art, science, and everything else. We're your hosts, Shannon Deaton and Jason Creekmore. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're discussing Independence Day, also called the 4th of July. Across the table is a man with a Roman candle in each hand, and he's ready to celebrate his liberties. <laughs> Jason Creekmore, how are you, man? In the words of Ric Flair, Shannon, woo! <laughs> God bless America. I love 4th of July. You ready to roll? You ready to cook some hot dogs? I like fireworks. Cheeseburgers. I like cookouts. I don't eat a lot of cheeseburgers. I don't, I'm not a big meat guy. But you can make it. You can make it. Know what the Fourth of July is about? (laughs) You can make a mean grilled cheese on a grill, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that that's Fourth of July enough at the Creek Moore House. That's exactly right. Well, sounds good to me. So, Jason, we are talking about the U.S. Independence Day. I'm I'm pretty pumped about that. That's an exciting topic. It's about that time. It's uh, next week. Yeah, it's coming up. Yep. U.S. Independence Day, most often referred to as the 4th of July, is a time-honored tradition. A holiday that is honored throughout the country is a time of remembrance, patriotism, and celebration of liberty. Independence Day is a federal holiday in the U.S. and commemorates the Declaration of Independence signed by the Continental Congress. Uh, Independence Day is commonly associated with fireworks, parades, barbecues, carnivals, fairs, picnics, concerts, baseball games, family reunions, political speeches... In ceremonies. Wow. Is that all? That's all, man. That's that's all you do. You just go out, you play some baseball, you meet with your family, you have a little concert, go to a fair, have some, have apple some picnics. Pie, apple pie. It's got to be part of the process, you know. If we take Independence Day back to its roots, we'll find that it's not all barbecues and hot dogs. You know, it's not, not right. just fireworks. There has to be a beginning, right? It, it had to start somewhere. And w- if we go all the way back to the roots, we'll find civil unrest and actually the seeds of revolution at its core. So there were several events leading up to the American Revolution. By the 1770s, Great Britain had established a number of colonies in North America. The American colonists thought of themselves as citizens of Great Britain and subjects of King George III. The colonists were connected to Great Britain through both trade and through the way they were governed. Uh, Of course, trade was heavily restricted because who who were they really going to trade with outside of Great Britain? Right. Therefore, colonists relied pretty much exclusively on Britain for imported goods and supplies. This created a lot of civil unrest. There were different reasons why this was sort of a pressure cooker over time. And I'm going to cite some of those. The first one being the Proclamation of 1763. Sounds pretty official. It sounds like something went down right there, right? Apparently it did. Something fairly important. Yeah. So, Jason, following the French and Indian War, Britain wanted to control expansion into the Western territories. So the king issued the Proclamation of 1763, which prohibited settlements beyond the Appalachian Mountains. So you can imagine colonists who had already sort of of started spreading out that way. They had already settled in the West. And with the Proclamation of 1763, these colonists had to move back 
east. So it uprooted them because King George wanted to control the expansion, and apparently people were already right. expanding. And they did not maybe necessarily like that very well. They weren't big fans of that, no. So following that was the Quartering Act. So in 1765, British Parliament passed the Quartering Act, which required colonists to find or pay for lodging of British soldiers stationed in the colonies. With the French and Indian War over, many colonists saw no reason for soldiers to be stationed in the colonies because there was a time when that would have been very important perhaps you know allowing the the british soldiers to to house there but it really didn't make a lot of sense to the colonists for the soldiers to continue staying in the houses after the war was over not only would they stay in the houses if they couldn't stay some some of the colonists had to actually pay for them to lodge somewhere else so right. I can see how that seemed a bit unfair. Yeah, that would uh, probably go over like the uh, proverbial lead balloon, as they say. <laughs> I don't think they would be in favor of that. Right. They didn't like it very much. So King George backed down, right? Sure. No. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. No he, way. He couldn't do it. Right. So following that was the Stamp Act, also in 1765. So just kind of shoveling it on over <laughs> and over. King George III and Parliament decided to require several kinds of taxes from the colonists to help pay for the French and Indian War. These taxes included the Stamp Act, which required the use of special paper bearing an embossed tax stamp for all legal documents. Other laws, such as the Townsend Acts passed in 1767, required the colonists to pay taxes on imported goods like tea. And Jason, the colonists were fond of tea for the most part. For the most part, they were, but there may have been a particular night where maybe not. (laughs) Maybe they they weren't as big a fans of tea as previously thought. So many colonists felt that they should not pay these taxes because they were passed in England by Parliament, not by their own colonial governments. So they really didn't have any say in this government. So they, they started protesting. They started complaining that these taxes violated their rights as British citizens and Perhaps they did. The American colonists uh, didn't have representation in Parliament. They didn't have someone seated there who can sort of voice their own opinions. But these laws were right. still being passed. And you have the the very popular you know taxation without representation, yeah. right? That's right. That that's where that comes from. They did not want to be taxed without having that representation. And yeah, no taxation without representation became common during this time. Which led us to the events of the Boston Tea Party. We were talking about how the colonists liked their tea for the most part, but at least on one night, they weren't big fans at all. They either really hated it or really liked it. It sort of depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I can't say I like tea in general. Do you like tea? tea Uh, No. No, I'm not a tea fan. Uh, Mindy is and Kennedy uh, is, so, but uh, mainly, mainly no, me no. Not so much. Sweetened or unsweetened. Doesn't matter. I don't like tea, period. I don't like it at all, man. (laughs) No, I I get the appeal. No, I don't either. Yeah. So the colonists started to resist British rule by boycotting, which means not buying British goods. And in 1773, some colonists in Boston, Massachusetts, demonstrated their frustration by dressing up uh, and sneaking onto ships in the harbor and dumping imported tea into the water. This was famously called the Boston Tea Party. But it doesn't sound as fun as the name implies. Right, yeah. I don't think it was a party. It wasn't a party so much. <laughs> when I think of like a tea party, I think of Alice in Wonderland. You have <laughs> right. Alice and the Mad Hatter and little the, saucers, little cups. Little saucers cups, you know, just sort of politely sipping, but no, this this wasn't all that. <laughs> not not one bit. Right. This was sort of violent. Yeah. So tensions were escalating and people were becoming more and more unsettled in the colonies leading up to 1773. And just three years later, Jason, was there some way that they 
put their frustrations into writing? I think they actually penned a document, Shannon. Do, do tell. Do tell. The Declaration of Independence was signed by the delegates on July 4th, 1776. However, the language from the document was compl- was completed uh, and voted on July 2nd. So in fact, uh, July 2nd, a lot of, uh, of the delegates, uh, particularly John Adams, thought this was going to be the day that would be celebrated in generations to come, right? Was yeah. the July 2nd. Yeah, that makes date. sense to me. Right. So I have a couple of quotes here from uh, from John Adams. Uh, the first is a little bit earlier than that, leading up to when they were, they're actually writing the uh, Declaration of Independence. And uh, John Adams is quoted as saying, resolved that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. Mm. And then just a few weeks later, he says, I am apt to believe that Independence Day will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Hmm. But that was the day he was referring to was July 2nd. But as we know, the date that actually uh, stuck in terms of the uh, of, uh, public's perception was July 4th. Right. So nevertheless, July 4th is the day that is recognized as Independence Day. So uh, would you like to hear some interesting facts about the Declaration of Independence? I sure would. That's why we're here, man. Absolutely. Let's hear it. The primary author was Thomas Jefferson, uh, who would go on to be the uh, president of the United States. While Jefferson was chosen to serve as the primary author, Jefferson worked closely with four other men, including uh, John Adams, Roger Sherman, Robert Livingston, and Benjamin Franklin. And together, they were referred to as the Committee of Five. Oh yeah. So although there's official, sounds pretty official, right? So there were you know several dozen delegates, but this committee of five were basically in charge of of putting nouns with verbs and putting it on on paper, right? Did they combine their power rings in some way? <laughs> they, and they did form Captain Independence. <laughs> they did, <laughs> and it happened at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, how perfect! Yeah. So a lot of folks actually just kind of assumed that that was written in Washington D.C. Yeah. Uh, but but it was not. It was actually uh, written in, uh, in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was signed by 56 delegates representing the 13 colonies. Thomas Jefferson's original draft is housed at the Library of Congress, complete with changes and kind of like edits. Hmm. Uh, but the signed copy and what people really refer to as the official copy, the clean copy, the the pristine signed version, the one we see in all the pictures when that's we right. Google that's right. The one Nic- of independence, the one Nicholas Cage tried to steal. Oh right, yeah, right. What was the name of that treasure? Uh, National Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah, yeah. Well, a great movie. Uh, the the that actual version, the version can be found uh, at the National Archives. Oh, sure enough. Yeah, National Archives, yeah. And so uh, I also have, I thought, in honor of the Declaration of Independence, that I would read the preamble to that document. Oh, let's hear it, man. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And I love the, the colonial language there. 
Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it has it's, to be fluffy and beautiful and kind of get you wrapped up in the moment. It's kind of poetic, right? And it then, is. And then, of course, it flows into the popular, we hold these truths to be self-evident, mm-hmm. that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Wow. And I remember in that movie we just mentioned, National Treasure, yeah. I remember uh, there's a scene where Nicolas Cage is reading that, and he just says, uh, people don't write that way anymore. It's true, though. You know, and, yeah. but, it, but it's very true. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you read that, that's a very serious and very intellectual and philosophical document, right? It's not, uh, it's not something to be taken lightly. Yeah. And so uh, those are some interesting facts on the Declaration of Independence. I love them. They're great. Right. So now, when we're talking about the 4th of July, obviously, it's Independence Day. We know a little bit about the uh, the history uh, behind the, the creation of the United States. Obviously, one of the important documents, the Declaration of Independence. But I also want you to talk about something that's very, very important around this time of year. And what would that be? And those are fireworks. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Just just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jason, whereas the American Revolution was the cornerstone of our country's foundation, very important. You have to have it. At the end of the day, when U.S. citizens remember the 4th of July, they mostly remember the fireworks displays. That, that's really what people think about. I, I know in my childhood, that's what sticks out. Of course, the history is important. So are the fireworks. Have you seen a, very many fireworks displays over your lifetime? Oh, my gosh. I actually I think I actually saw two today on the way here. Yeah, there, there's oh, one, already? Oh, yeah, already. There's one that's been set up for probably about a week now uh, right at the end of my street where we I kind of turn left to get on the main highway, and it's right by a pizza place. Okay. And they had quite a selection, it looked like. Oh, selling them. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah usually those tents pop up yeah. around this time just everywhere. Yeah, they're all over. The, but but I actually have heard, have, have heard a few already as well. I have too. Yeah. yeah. So interesting fact, fireworks were originally invented in China as a method for scaring away evil spirits. So not at all necessarily connected to Independence Day but originally. I, but I could see that. Yeah. Cultural events such as the Chinese New Year and Mid-Autumn Moon Festival were and still are times where fireworks are guaranteed to make an appearance. But why are fireworks so prevalent in America? And why do we commemorate Independence Day by setting off thousands of small explosions? Have you ever thought about that for a minute? uh, We like to uh, make stuff go boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do. Uh, The short answer, in addition to us liking to make things go boom, is uh, because John Adams wanted us to do it. It dates all the way back to those times. Before the Declaration of Independence was even signed, Adams envisioned fireworks as part of the festivities. In fact, in a letter he wrote to his wife, Abigail, John Adams wrote that the occasion of independence should be commemorated, quote, with pomp and parade, with shoes, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. End quote. I think he had a, a fairly strong opinion about that, didn't he? Apparently so. He said, I'm going to let off fireworks, and so are my kids, and so are their kids, and, and their kids, and so right. on and so forth, all the way down from to From sea to shining line. sea, right. <laughs> and, and from henceforth, I want fireworks to be sold at the corner of little pizza shops. You know, <laughs> He had a vision. That's right. John Adams did. Give him that. Yeah. The first commemorative fireworks were set off on July 4th, 1777, one year following the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I didn't realize that we had fireworks that early, but apparently it even predates that because, as we mentioned, it was actually invented in in China. China, Yeah. Yeah. 
So the Pennsylvania Post wrote that in Philadelphia, quote, the evening was closed with the ring of bells, and at night there was a grand exhibition of fireworks, which began and concluded with 13 rockets on the commons, and the city was beautifully illuminated, end quote. This was in 1777. They were setting off wow. fireworks, and they were assembling to see that. That's pretty cool. I love that, and when man. You, when you think about how long ago that really is. There's and, a legacy there. And the historical figures that were alive watching that. And, and and you know that they're probably thinking, man, that's been a quick year. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was just a year ago that we signed this, and now look at us. You know, Here we are. And I think at the time they were doing that, they didn't even know if they were going to be able to persist as a, a nation, well, no, an because, independent, you know, no, because they're still in the middle of the the American Revolution at that point. It's still going right. on. It's still early on, actually. Yeah, they're they're still ringing bells and they're setting off fireworks and they're just uh, just having a good old time. And and that's persisted for hundreds of years. Do you think we'll ever wake up one day and say, you know what, we we don't want to do fireworks anymore? Will that day ever come? I mean, possibly, maybe. You never know. Uh, times always change. It seems like, but but I hope not. I mean, as long as it's done safely, I think it's just a really cool thing because there's a lot of cities where that's a big deal. I yeah, mean, I know, I know in Kentucky, I think we have uh, a thunder, th- under thunder over Louisville. Is it over Louisville? I think it's, yeah, thunder over okay. Louisville, I believe. Would make sense to be under Louisville, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's under the water. Yes, oh, okay. Under yeah. the Ohio River. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, thunder over Louisville, uh, and that that's just one of the the, the major the events. The big ones. Yeah, but I mean, but there there are a lot of towns that that kind of focus uh like you say like maybe a carnival or some kind of a fair and it's sort of interconnected with fourth of july and the fireworks it's sort of just one big type of thing right sometimes there's music festivals Huge with celebration, it yeah. but it seems like that the fireworks is sort of the common thread you know throughout so you have I, to have it right so i hope i hope it stays i do too so going back to the original fireworks that were being set off i, I wondered whether or not they only had like one type of firework like what are they really letting off here yeah. Or, or is it just these very basic sort of fireworks? But according to one paper, in 1784, merchants were offering rockets. This this is from an, an advertisement, okay? Okay. Rockets, serpents, wheels, table rockets, cherry trees, fountains, <laughs> and sunflowers. What do you think about that? That's a pretty good selection. They, they for, had an extensive selection. <laughs> for that early on. In 1983? That's Come right. on. Cherry trees? Fountains and sunflowers. <laughs> I, I love that. I always like just the uh, good old fashioned uh, Roman candles, as you mentioned there, and and sparklers. <laughs> yeah, and, and were they still shooting muskets back then? I mean, yeah. but they have these pyrotechnics that yeah. they could be using instead. Let's let's shoot cherry bombs at the the British. Jason, every time I think about fireworks, I think about uh, the movie Joe Dirt. Have you ever seen this movie? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> It's way different. It has some iconic scenes, but one of my favorite scenes and and one of my favorite quotes is uh, delivered by that great liberator of nations himself, Joe Dirt. (laughs) (laughs) And and he says this, and just bear with me. I love this. He's he's talking to a man who's running a fireworks stand. Okay. okay? And Joe Dirt says, you're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, husker do's, husker don'ts. Cherry bombs, Nipsey dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser. <laughs> Joe Dirt, <laughs> Joe Dirt knows his fireworks. I love when he says "with or without the scooter stick." <laughs> no idea what any of that means. I have no idea. He, he's a connoisseur of pyrotechnics, yeah. my friend. 
But yeah, that's that's a funny quote. But you know what's not funny? The amount of money spent on fireworks every oh single year gosh. in America. It's just I'm, I'm sure it's crazy, man. Millions and millions, I'm sure. Yeah, it's so big. There's actual uh, actually an organization that monitor, monitors the statistics of it uh, called the American Pyrotechnics Association. Are you a card-carrying member, uh, <laughs> Roman stick-carrying uh, member of the... <laughs> I am not. I'm, I'm more of like a uh, you know what can twenty bucks buy me at the stand here. Oh, okay. right? I get one of those little prepackaged deals where you know we have a few three or four good ones and then like one big one and then it's like yeah and then that's it. We go back inside. So not no husker do's or husker don'ts. I don't think I ever had either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the American Pyrotechnics Association, Americans spend more than one billion dollars on fireworks each year, and that's just throughout the whole year, man. So that's literally money to just burn. That, that's the best way to say it. Money Literally. To shoot up in the air and explode into right. pieces. America. America. That's how it feels. Most states spend less than $3 per person on fireworks. So when you're thinking of like GDP, it's about $3 per person that's spent, well, like per capita. Right. Uh, but there are some states that spend more than others. Since we're based in Kentucky, I thought I would share that statistic. Kentucky spends about $0.54 cents per person on fireworks, so kind of at the lower end okay. of the spectrum. I also looked up two that we've kind of been uh, jokingly talking about here on social media just because we currently need uh, someone from <laughs> Idaho and someone from New Hampshire to that's download and listen to the podcast. That's right. We have represent a, a representation in 48 of 50 states. <laughs> we do. But as at the time of this podcast, we have no one from Idaho or no one from New Hampshire. Those are both fabulous states. We love them. And we would love to have a listener. Yeah, so so in honor of Idaho and New Hampshire, we're going to try to reel you in and, and get some da- you know downloads <laughs> for the podcast here. Uh, Idaho spends about thirty five cents per person on fireworks. That's below Kentucky, which is fifty four cents. New Hampshire, on the other hand, a uh, dollar fifty seven per person. Oh. So that's three times yeah. as much as you see big, in Kentucky. Big spenders, lots to celebrate. That's right. You know? So the biggest spenders, uh, the top four, and I'll start from number four and kind of count down. Alabama spends about $3.99 per person. That's a pretty big deal when you think like per person, children, wow. anybody, their entire population is represented there. I will be traveling down through the state of Alabama tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All the way. Good deal. Uh, Kansas spends $4.21, coming in at number three on our list. Number two, Nebraska, $5.86 per person. And our grand winner is Missouri at $6.94. Would you have thought those would be the the top states? Missouri, Nebraska, and Kansas. Mm -hmm. No, I probably would not have put them in the top 10, honestly. Yeah. Just because of population. Well, of course, that's, that's, I guess, you're saying per capita. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I would not have, I just wouldn't have envisioned that. Maybe populations are smaller and therefore bigger expenditures. Maybe, yeah. They spend more on it. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Uh, But Jason, in addition to the money we spend on fireworks, we also, uh, as Americans, we also spend some time in emergency rooms on account of fireworks. And that's that's really unfortunate. It's kind of scary. The 4th of July is a busy day in America's emergency rooms. In 2019 alone, there were over 10,000 fireworks-related injuries treated in U.S. hospitals with 12 known fatalities. Wow. It's just sad. That's so. So twelve people passed away as a result, as a direct result of fireworks-related injuries uh, just last year. Golly, yeah. But there were ten thousand people who were in the emergency room were injured. Usually, you hear people with like a, 
burns to their fingers, hands, uh, eyes. Obviously, sure. it's probably oh, yeah. probably one. You know, it is. Uh, yeah, you can you can really get hurt on some of those things. Yeah. So, of the fireworks related injuries that were treated in U.S. hospitals in 2019, 66 percent were to males, and 34 percent were to females. So, why do you think males are more inclined to? have fireworks related injuries is there i think something there that we should know about uh probably i I would say that uh if i just had to guess probably more males have the uh, lighter in their hand you think so (laughs) yeah if i just had to guess yeah i could kind of i could just sort of see that yeah yeah i i I think you're probably right there of those that were represented in that poll 36 percent were children under 15 oh that's sad so a little over a third were um represented in in hospitals you know, of that of that ten thousand children under fifteen, fifty uh, percent at least half were adults and children under twenty. So it tends to be the younger population that gets in trouble when it comes to to fireworks right. related yeah. injuries. And I can see that a little bit. Did you Just ever do a little more reckless? Oh, absolutely. Did you, did you ever do anything crazy like when you were a teenager? <sighs> teenager? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. What, what What did you do? Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> you fess up and I'll fess up. All right. So fireworks, um, they, they're not always meant to be shot to the sky. Okay. <laughs> bottle bottle rockets? Bottle rockets. Okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Praise the good Lord above. I was blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So what? what's your story? And I'll tell mine. Uh, really just bottle rockets. We would just have a bottle rocket war. And uh, of course, that was out of the sight of my parents, you know, who yeah. would have probably grounded me in, until like last week if she, if uh, my parents would have seen kind of what we were doing <laughs> with those. Uh, I wasn't the most intelligent person walking the streets oh, no. or anything like that. But yeah, I, I probably made some bad decisions with, with bottle rockets, but but thankfully no one got hurt. Oh man, did, did your bottle rockets have the uh, the scooter stick? <laughs> I think mine was a scooter don't or whatever you the, said. The husker don't. <laughs> husker, husker don't. But I had a husker do that was shot at me. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that's why I lost. Oh, man. Yeah, we, we did the same thing. And we didn't do it with like the big ones. We had these little ones. I think they were called moon chasers. You yeah, they, buy, they like, were smaller. Yeah. And we would just sit them down in the road. We would light them and we would let them just fire away. <laughs> they just shoot right up the street. Most of the time they went straight, probably about one out of 10 times they would just do something crazy especially we found out if you would if you broke the stick off the scooter stick yeah and and you just kind of lit the i guess the the head of the the firework yeah and threw it you know you, you kind of got a random chance as to where it was going and <laughs> as a child that was incredibly stupid but it was also uh more entertaining than it should have been <laughs> that, that was right that was where the excitement came That's into where play the excitement yeah. came in so that that was one thing we would do. We would shoot those up and down the street. We'd let them race. So we, we'd get to, <laughs> we'd get two people down, literally in the road, like in the street. When I grew up, we lived the, like the the literal street was our was our sidewalk, you know, our our front yard. Right. So we'd go out in the road. We'd get down on our knees, and we would just get side by side, and we would like the yeah, and we'd race them up the street and see you know which one blew up first, which That's one right. got the farthest. Um, You're placing bets. <laughs> I'm placing bets. I've got five on the Husker don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we also found out that you can tie the fuses together and, and have multiples at the same time oh yeah yeah so we would we would sort of get to it started there and we'd twist the fuses together and lay them down in the road and we'd light that and they'd go off together i think on the the moon travelers or moon whistlers or whatever they were <laughs> you could get about four or five of those tied together before it wouldn't work anymore oh okay. but man what fun we had <laughs> yeah so it was an evolution from there that we went from shooting them up and down the road to uh, 
holding them in our hands. Yep. <laughs> okay. Did you yeah, do this? Too? That's that's uh, that's what I'm referring to. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So we would, yeah, we would hold them up in the air. We'd light it, and it would just fly out of our hands. And man, I, I can remember the distinct because whenever they go off, they shoot just like a little spray of sparks, right? A little bit of fire, and I can still in my mind feel the burn of that on my thumb. Like I can yeah. imagine what that felt like because you, every time, I mean, you'd let one off, and whenever it would go off, it would go and right. just sort of fly out of your hand, and that little was just fire sort of shooting sizzle, out of the back right. and it would just scorch your thumb and i remember at the end of the day going in with a black thumb <laughs> thinking man that hurt yeah that that didn't feel good i probably won't do that again yeah. until next fourth of july <laughs> that's right you know <laughs> we say all this and of course you know like uh i let my children okay uh you know you have to stand 200 feet away and i'm <laughs> and i'm going to now uh throw this little <laughs> we're gonna snap and the, snap pop or whatever yeah. right where it just makes the noise you know yeah we're gonna begin the firework lighting ceremony <laughs> so <laughs> yeah gather around uh here's my 10 foot lighter stick everyone everyone clear i'm going to count down from 50 just to make sure we're all safe different time different time entirely uh one other story i have isn't really a story just sort of a feeling uh being a kid with with fireworks and this was when i was much younger i remember they were having a fireworks display and i was walking into my grandma's house and i could see the fireworks booming overhead and i just remember being like so fearful of oh, that really? I, I don't know how young i was but much younger than like a teenager probably like seven or eight years old uh, and just that feeling of these things are exploding over my head they're loud they're bright and just kind of being afraid somehow right. and i i've not felt that way since like you know it's always fireworks have been like a source of joy during the fourth of july but i remember as a kid just kind of being fearful of them yeah no, a little bit <clears throat> being scared my, my daughters when they were probably about three and under they would uh of course we would never set them off like we would go to a place uh kind of like a, in, in town right where they have like a celebration so we're several hundred yards away oh sure but they're still very loud almost where you can sort almost feel it shake a little bit like vibrate. have you ever seen or heard one oh yeah kind of feel one where boom that's like the, sort of the cherry bombs man yeah and so they were very fearful of that so when when that started uh we would always get back in the car right and, oh, shut, yeah. and shut the door and until they kind of figured out oh this is not going to get me and, and if, if they calmed <laughs> yeah. down we got out and if they didn't we didn't we just sat I there and watched feeling. it yeah yeah now one other thing we did is i remember one time i purchased um, like a rocket but it was it was literally in the shape of a rocket it wasn't like a bottle rocket it had like these little stands that <laughs> that's stood the best up. kind right it yeah. was pretty cool and uh i think it was fairly expensive for the time like you said just burning your money or whatever right. but i remember thinking okay we're gonna save this one for last it's gonna be the biggest <laughs> the loudest the best and but but there was one problem with that i was still a young kid and typically we would leave you know my parents would buy the fireworks and i would leave them in the bag you know until the fourth of july this one i didn't and i snuck got the firework out of the (laughs) bag i I took it into my bedroom like i remember this and and i didn't light it so the story doesn't go there but i sort of played with it with gi joe's and just no. sort of the, there's a rocket oh they're flying on the right rock. probably still very dangerous <laughs> i mean you know who knows what could happen here but i did you know and i guess during that time i sort of shook it up a little bit because it was a it was a toy to right. me so we went through the fourth of july you know i snuck it back into the bag we took it out on the fourth of july we went through all the the little fireworks the medium fireworks and then it's time for the big kahuna right so we go and we get that one i've never divulged that i went and you know just played with that firework <laughs> right. like it was a toy and we light it and nothing happens 
Oh my gosh. I, I it just guess sort of I, fizzles out. I guess I messed it up, you know, and I never fessed up. So mom, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at least you did get some enjoyment out of it, right? I did. It, I it mean, was worth the money that's right. to me. So Jason, that's that's all I have on Independence Day. Do you have anything else to add about the Fourth of July or anything well, you like know, that? I mean, like everybody, I mean, Fourth of July. I mean, I have some really good memories. You know, I remember like uh, going to family reunions when I was uh, young, from about probably eight or nine years old till about twelve. I, we would go to a family reunion on my dad's side. Oh yeah, and the reunion would be at my aunt's house, and <clears throat> it was like an all nighter type thing. Oh really? Oh yeah, it was like I thought. That was one of my favorite things in the world growing up is that we would, you know, we would go there always right around the 4th of July. People would get there around, you know, 7 o'clock that evening, and they would roast a pig, right? And so like, would, a, like a whole pig. Like a whole pig, yeah. And, and you're not big on pig, right? Well, I like bacon and sausage. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that's where that comes from now that I think Must about be, it. Man. I don't know. But Roast a pig on 4th right. of July. Yeah. But they would, you know, we would all get there about 7 o'clock. And I mean, there's, you know, there's two or three dozen people there uh, already, like at 7 o'clock. Big deal. And yeah, so we, we played basketball till dark. Then we watched movies. We did fireworks. We we set up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Set that pig on fire. That The thing's just sort of, you know, roasting all night, <laughs> roasting all night long, right? Yeah. And uh, and then we you know, everybody would wake up, and then we would eat dinner around one or two o'clock, and it just seemed like it was just this massive festival that just sort of went on That's all really night, cool. right? And so, uh, and that went on for probably four or five years. When I was growing up, I love that. And then more recently, the last probably six to eight years, we've been uh, going to uh, Stearns, Kentucky, which is just you know three minutes from 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 my house where I live. Oh, sure, it's right nearby. And, oh yeah, and uh, we'll we'll park in a field off the side of the road, and that's where the the county fireworks are, are held and okay. so we will you know we'll get there around nine thirty, usually about 10 o'clock they'll set the fireworks off and we just kind of sit on the hood of our car and and watch those and maybe go eat a funnel cake and and that type of thing that's uh, great yeah so that's those are sort of my memories with with fourth of july cool memories and i hope all of our listeners get to enjoy a uh, happy and safe fourth of july remember the reason for the season with Independence Day and where we came from and where we're going. So thanks to all of our listeners who are following us uh, each week and listening to the podcast. We encourage you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at SlapdashPod. We release weekly episodes on Mondays and Thursdays in history, art, science, and everything else. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Have a happy and safe 4th of July, everybody. Woo!